Good morning, some people's kids. Jamanian with his brother Andrew, youth pastors, just trying to make it through rainy days with other youth pastors. Dude, it's been dark and rainy for a couple days. It was sun was, it was yesterday. Sun yesterday. It was fun yesterday. Yeah, it was like. Did it hit 60 yesterday? Yeah. That was nuts. I, I literally left my sweater here at work. I thought I was going to come back for it. And then I ended up, my cousin was in the hospital and I had to try it. And like, it what? took a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> uh, that took a turn really quick. You weren't ready for that, were you? No. Why was your cousin in the hospital? Yeah, he had some kind of surgery thing. Some kind? So, I mean, I, yeah, I could totally explain to you what? in depth of what kind of surgery he may have No, had. we don't need in depth. Is he okay? Yeah, he's great. He's fine. Is it, was it like outpatient? Yeah, it was outpatient. Okay, so he's home. Yeah, it was just, he's a small man. And they pump a lot of drugs into you, and his smallest <laughs> man body was not able to handle. His smallest man body. Some people's cousins, right? Some people's yeah. cousins. That's right. Hey, introduce that voice. Yo, today, we are interviewing a legend in the Spokane community. His name is Hans. Hans, I honestly... Leeson. Leeson. See, that was the problem. Is I, I honestly Hans did not Leeson. know your last name. So Hans Leeson, people. Hans Leeson. Hans, Hans Leeson. Hans works with Young Life, and we've teamed up. Um, not Youth for Christ. Not Youth for Christ. Found that we out. Were, Starts with a Y, though. Yeah, we were trolling him earlier. <laughs> uh, but we were... Uh, you've been working with Young Life for a few years. Yesterday was my 10-year anniversary. 10 wow, years! 10 years! Hot dang! March 1st. Congratulations. Wow. Incredible. That is insane. Years. I've been working with Southside for... Five years as the youth pastor, and three years before that, but it's still not ten. Ten years. Only. Ten years on staff, fifteen years overall. Wow. That means every Monday night for fifteen years I've been busy. Gosh, that's awesome. With the exact same thing. That's awesome. So, five years as a volunteer, right? And then your end of your fifth year, how how did you get on staff with Young Life? Yeah, I uh, started volunteering with Young Life my senior year of college in Bellingham, and uh, it impacted me a lot as a kid, and kind of had always been in my rearview mirror, and uh, I kind of kept saying I'll do one more year, one more year, but I uh, met this group of freshmen in high school, and then every, every year was one more year, and then it was like, well, now they're going to be juniors, now they're going to be seniors, oh, I want to take this kid to camp, oh, this this group is growing. And so I got those guys graduated, stayed one more year. And by then I was getting Young Life job offers that I was not applying for. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, it's because he's a legend. And uh, was happy to volunteer for the Lord. Didn't really want to work for him was like my joke. Um, but uh, I was scared of fundraising. And I just seen buddies like suffering on Young Life staff uh, on the financial side, which was sure. scary as a young kid. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in 2011, I... Gave up and said, all right, Lord, I'll go on staff, and then moved to Spokane in 2012 to go on staff. So what position do you have right now in Young Life? It's called area director, and so an area is made up of like a geographical area in a, in a town. If it's a small town, that's the area. Like maybe it's like one middle school, one high school, but it's a geographical area of schools. And so my area is called, this was a mistake, I created this name, <laughs> uh, South by Northwest Spokane Young Life. Um, we combine South, South Spokane Young Life. Yeah, we combine South Spokane Young Life and Northwest Spokane Young Life into one area. And I was like, 
thought South by Southwest was a cool music festival and North by Northwest was a film company. And I, I threw it out there in a brainstorm meeting. Everyone was like, that's genius. And it was not. <laughs> and it took like seven years for anybody to even remember the name. That's awesome. When you roll into Young Life Camp, they'll be like, welcome everybody from West Seattle. Anybody here from Yakima? What's up, my friends from North Idaho? And then what's, is anybody here from, what is it, South, North, South? <laughs> Spokane and all my kids look at us like, "Is that us?" And I'm like, "I did that. <laughs> I did that. I was, I made you confused. Yeah, I was I'm the, the reason. reason why you're confused." <laughs> yeah. So for for those who are listening who may not be super familiar with Young Life, what is Young Life? What's Young Life's mission goal? Tell us about that. Yeah, Young Life's 80 years old. Started in 1941 by a Texas youth pastor uh, trying to reach unchurched kids. Uh, the mission of Young Life is to introduce Christ to adolescents and help them grow in their faith. Uh, we do this through building authentic bridges of friendship between volunteers and teenagers. Um, the incarnational side of the ministry is like going to where kids are at. So as opposed to like putting on, we do have weekly events, but opposed to like putting on something that kids just kind of come to, most kids only come to Young Life because of a friendship with the Young Life leader that started like at their school or at their sport. Um, and then they typically come to Young Life like on Monday nights um, because of a friendship and then the normal things that come with a lot of ministry of like Bible study or um, going deeper with groups and then summer camp's a big thing what we do. Um, but yeah, it's all volunteer based. There's only a couple staff and uh, we've been in Spokane for over 75 years. Ooh, uh, 75. Have ministry right now at uh, five high schools and two middle schools and then a large uh, teen moms ministry as well. Hans and I met up because I think of Jamie Mann. Jamie Mann was the youth pastor right. at the time and we had teamed up with you guys because we have a bunch of boots that uh we've accrued throughout the many years and we used to go to beyond malibu we still want to go to beyond malibu we just can't get into canada unless we're fully vaccinated as a team so then you uh but we we always go up there whether we like meet up there sometimes Mm -hmm. but uh they'll go up on different weeks then we'll go up and so it was really fun to always be able to share that the boot collection right and it's because you can't rent them it's hard to get them a lot of kids don't have good hiking boots right. and it was just a cool opportunity and then we've just grown as friends since then so i'm just i'm excited to have you on this yeah. is gonna be dope yeah thanks man so you said that um even before you were a volunteer young life had impacted your life as a teenager tell us about that yeah i grew up in a christian home um lutheran church that i loved even as a kid like hymns old people that was my jam uh o- literally old ladies offering me jam at church on a lot of sundays <laughs> there's um, a whole lot of jam there. what was yeah. your favorite jam kind of into jam? hymns with jam uh, favorite dude, jam it was a spicy pear Ooh. um oh my gosh Ooh, she made it for me nice. all the time what's your favorite jam yo i i raspberry i can i'll take raspberry any raspberry. day See, Spicy went, jam, though. See, I went to this Lutheran church, which I loved. Like, I loved the hymns, the liturgies, um, the soup suppers, the, the like, mm. organized calendar of the church calendar for That's the Lutheran a church. Um, and they didn't, we didn't have a big youth program by any means. And my older brother had been involved in Young Life when he was in high school, my oldest brother. And I saw him, like, come back from Malibu Club, uh, Young Life Camp in Canada, and just saw him hanging out with these leaders and once I joined, once I got into high school, his buddies that I'd known like since I was a little kid, like my heroes as a kid, these guys were all eight grades above me. They were all leading in life at their high school where I was now attending. So freshman year of high school, I have these like six dudes 
who are class of 96 from Shadle or class of 2000 from Shadle who've all known me my whole life. And now they're my leaders. Yeah. So like they're coming to my tennis matches. No one goes to tennis matches. Trust me, I'm a tennis coach. <laughs> um, they came to my tennis matches. They uh, came to my birthday parties. They took me on adventures. And we just like did life together. Yeah. And uh, for four years, I just loved it. So I'd you know, go to church with my family on Sundays usually, Monday nights, Young Life Club. And uh, it was a place where it was, it was kind of unique for me as a, as a Christian kid who thought he had all the answers and was the quickest one to respond on Bible questions and stuff. And um, in hindsight, was a terrible witness to most of my peers. Um, it was really cool and impactful for me and my faith to watch how my leaders watched my friends who were not Christians. You know, we had really similar lifestyles. The only difference was like our schedules. You know, I went to church on Sundays and had a bunch of knowledge, um, but it wasn't really affecting my my personal life or my actions that much. Mm. So my life and my choices and partying and everything that I was involved in looked the same as them. But then I knew all this Christian stuff and terminology and and I believed it and it was important to me. So I was like a really hypocritical, comfortable Christian. It was really it's really interesting to look back on. And I watched my leaders care for these dudes who didn't know anything about Jesus and who had no interest in church. And that started to impact me in a profound way. Because I was like, yeah, of course they got to care for me. Like, I'm a, I'm a Christian kid. This stuff's for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even understand that, like, young life is not for churched kids. You know, mm-hmm. of course they're welcome. Anyone's welcome. We have Mormons that come, Muslims that come. But also we have kids that, like, have terrible experiences with the church or kids that hate God or don't believe in God. Or because someone died of cancer, they hate God yeah, or the concept right. of God. And so I watched my leaders love these kids and them come to club and be impacted, come to camp, change. And that affected me for years after high school as I kind of processed that and watched these friends that I kind of looked at as like, those guys are pretty bad. I'm not that bad, you know? Mm. And I had these little lines. And I was like, I'm doing pretty good. But like, those guys are really bad. And I was like, wait, they're treated just like me. And they're welcomed. And uh, that was a really profound impact on my faith, watching how they cared for all kinds of kids, no matter their response to the gospel. Mm. What is a normal, I love that. What is a normal night of young life look like on, on a, at club yeah um young life club ideally is like a is like a celebration of a week's worth of contact work and contact work what we call like hanging out with kids so volunteering at the school going to games hanging out with kids like building relationships the most important thing we do and then club ideally is celebrating that so if we're just putting on a program monday nights then we're totally missing it um and so hopefully starts with like energy and welcome and like every kid is noticed gets a high five is welcomed is called by name um i think a big part of ministry is like names and high fives sometimes like just mm. like i have i really believe in the power of names and calling a kid by name like jesus did um and we've just seen how big that can be um and so kids b- being welcomed if they want to jump in and like play games cool if they want to sit on the wall like we hope leaders are on the like lookout for that um, we play like appropriate secular music, so you're not going to hear Casting Crowns and Matt Redman. You're going to hear <laughs> what the kids are listening to, you know? Um, we want any kid to walk in the door and feel like... No Jars of Clay? Oh, I love Jars of Clay. That self-titled album is so good. I still listen to it all the time. Um, awesome. No, nah, that's all I can think about. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what always, he does. That's what I he just, does. Oh, man. I was like, that's... Uh, oh, I'm back in high school. In open fields and wildflowers, she breathes the air and flies away. Ooh, look at him go. It's so good, we're going to run into copyright issues. <laughs> That's true. Um, so we play music that kids listen to, and uh, 
we hope we hope that we like think about the kids that we know and like play that music. Um, I think we're doing our best when like a kid might walk in, especially the kid is not like your average kid in Spokane. You know, if they come in and they go, oh, they actually thought about me. You know, especially when we think about like culture and race. Um, is a lot of our clubs predominantly white kids? Yes, Spokane is predominantly white. But if we're meeting all kinds of kids, we hope that we're playing music. Any kid might walk in and be like, oh, wow, they actually thought about me. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the same thing with camp. And so music's playing. Have fun. Welcome. Mixers, like everyone's playing. Everyone's involved. No one gets out. Um, leaders are in there with kids mixing it up. And then maybe like, maybe like team games or like competitions. And it's like hopefully a funnel of energy where like the beginning is wild and crazy. And it's eventually funneling down to when a leader opens the Bible and talks about Jesus. Um, but something Young Life is kind of quote-unquote famous for is like program. Like our walk-on characters is like a big thing what we do. Um, that there's always going to be like fun and adventure and hopefully somebody wearing a wig coming out and doing something weird and playing a game. And, and hopefully kids like eventually going from like arms crossed, like I don't care, to like laughing and arms out or like leaning forward. Um and so we use humor to break down walls, music to break down walls. Um, ideally, it is upfront music. I mean, I think for the first 70 years of Young Life, every club had upfront music, like someone playing a guitar for sure. And now it's so rare. I'm sure they're killing it in the South. But up here, we uh, have like two clubs that has upfront music right now. I, I need to learn the guitar more. Lord help me. Um, go he's got the singing down. Yeah. Right yeah, he's got the singing. Just go acapella. And so music... Um, upfront characters, then like, you know, raffle, kids get prizes, we celebrate everyone. You know, you win a game, we celebrate everyone. Kids can bond together for like cheering for something or laughing together. And then eventually someone's going to get up and say, the favorite part of the night, um, you're going to love what they have to say, and uh, we think it's important, and it's for you. Give it up for my friend, Ian. And then someone will come up and um, bring to life the stories of Jesus. I'm his friend, Andrew. I'm and, his friend. uh, we're getting there. <laughs> our messages our messages are always geared towards the furthest out kid. So you're never going to hear us say, ideally, hey, everyone knows a story about Daniel and the Lion's Den because a lot of our kids never heard a single story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we assume that every kid in the room doesn't know this story is how we give our talks. There's no progression. There's no like, hey, next week we're talking about this. This might be the one time a kid walks in the door and hears the gospel. Um, and so there are always going to be talks that are going to show who God is through the person of Jesus and what it means for those kids. Um, and so we're always going to stay in the Gospels um, for kids that want to go deeper. There's Bible studies and campaigner groups. That's what we call Bible study, small group campaigners. And like if church kids come and they go, this isn't deep enough for me, like, great, go to church. That's our that's our <laughs> hope. We want kids to go to church. My favorite moment is when a kid says, hey, I can't come anymore. I'm going to youth group. I'm going to church. I'm like, dude, sweet. Young life's over when you graduate. Church, You can go to church forever. Yeah. So um, if kids want to invite their friends as outreach because they know the Lord, great, come to Young Life. If kids want to come because they uh, want to grow or they just want to have fun, great, come to Young Life. Um, kids that come because they already go to three youth groups and come to Young Life as well are usually my least favorite kids to have at club. Mm, sure. You know, um, And the, the kids that come who don't know anything or go like, hey, just so you know, I don't, with God. Sure. I'll be like, yeah. cool, man, this is for you. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that, that, that there's a... You know what you're going for. <laughs> I love that it's the the well churched kids that are the ones that are going to be the problem kids. <laughs> it's because that's not what it's designed for. It's designed to be like your guys are boots on the ground, working in the muck in the mire, and getting the kids that are so far that it's going to make 
you know, the old ladies at the Lutheran church feel real uncomfortable. But, like, you're in it. That's what you're there for. The language doesn't affect you. The the smell of weed on their mm-hmm. coat doesn't affect mm-hmm. you. It's we're here because we want you to know that Jesus loves you and we love you. Yeah, I think like the word churches in young life, like butt heads or, or get it mixed up, is just like whenever anyone thinks it's like a competition, you know, mm-hmm. or I've had folks say like they should just come to church. And I'm like, dude, you don't know these kids. Like, I don't think young life is anything special. I don't think we have it all figured out. But like. You just need to go to the school and hang out with these kids if you think these unchurched kids are actually going to show up on Sunday and, like, enjoy or get anything out of it. Sure. And so we are we are not watering down the gospel. We are not, like, cutting corners. We are not, like, trying to be cool so kids accept us. We're not trying to be their friend first, trying to be a leader first, you know, and, like, present a positive role model who always shares Jesus and, when necessary, uses words. And so I think that's where we can get mixed up where it's, like, we do not want kids to love Young Life. You know, that happens a lot because Young Life is a really popular thing. It's a global brand. We have multi-million dollar camps around the world. Like, I get it. Kids fall in love with Young Life, not Jesus, and that's an issue. But our goal is that we're an arm of a church, that we're connecting kids to a church. That's the best thing we can do. Yeah. Bring kids in, build relationships. You know, maybe they say yes to the Jesus at camp, um, and then they get to go home with their leader. And ideally, that kid is like going to church on Sunday mornings with their leader. Our our leaders have to be involved in the church. It's a requirement to be a young life leader. You have to be going to a church, um, because we hope a kid eventually will go. So, what church do you go to? Yeah, you know, and then they can go. Hey, well, come come and see. You mm. know? Yeah. Mm. So so that that's the way you guys try to bridge that with the church is through those organic kind of relationships that says, Hey, you're seeing how I'm living my life, and here's this community I'm a part of. That's encouraging me in the word, encouraging me with relationship to continue to live that. And w- your hope is that that becomes attractive. Because yeah, I love that. Because I think, you know, as you read so much about, <clears throat> excuse me, about kids who leave the church, there's so much studies on that, right? Kids who leave the faith, right? Or leave the church, or you want to say that. And I think when's, what's interesting is when you boil it down to the kids that have actually, to teenagers that go off to college who have stayed in the faith and have stayed a part of a church, it's pretty common what they say. And a lot of it is, you know, I had this youth leader, this young life leader who just cared about me, genuinely cared about me. And that relationship carried on. And they were like, and I wanted to be a part of that. And discipleship came out of that. And so I think that's a really cool thing um, to do, to, to be able to say, hey, our goal is for these kids to actually be a part of a church that carries on. Because like you said, you graduate out of young life. You even graduate out of youth ministry. I think mm-hmm. one of the dangers, too, with youth ministry is kids can fall in love with youth group mm-hmm. and be like, well, that's that's my church. That's my church group. But now I'm in college. Can I still come? Can I volunteer? Like, Well, actually, the problem is you don't see that you're actually part of, especially when you say I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. you're actually part of a whole body. Mm-hmm. And that carries on to being in the church, right? In in the church globally and then also locally. And I think that's a really important thing. And, and that's a tension that sometimes we battle, not just parachurch ministries, but I think both youth ministries too, right? Where what can happen is, I love what you said, is like, we're not trying to water anything down here. Yeah, we're going to have fun because that's what kids enjoy, enjoy having a lot of fun with games and stuff. But we hope that we're directing you and encouraging you and that leaders are encouraging you 
to be a part of the local body on Sundays and maybe even Wednesdays or being in, in a small group in discipleship, right, as you start going into college and those things. So I think that's a really important word uh, for people to remember is, yeah, we want them to love coming to our ministries, right, Young Life, Youth Group, whatever. But there's, it's a, it's a I, this might be a weird way to say it, but there's a means to an end here. First of all, the end is them knowing Jesus yeah. and loving Jesus. We also want them to be a part of a local body that they walk through life with, mm-hmm. just as Young Life was setting the example of that, right? Well, we're walking through life with you. There's a church by we're walking through life with as well. And so I think that's really, that, that encourages me. Yeah. No, that's so dope. You've got uh, the ears of multiple listeners on this podcast, and you get... Like, his what, mom, my wife, and his wife. Yeah, so there's, there's three people. My <laughs> and Jason Brownlee's wife, which we Jason learned Brownlee. just listens regularly. <laughs> Would you, you get to tell all these people one thing that you want all youth workers to know? These are youth volunteers. These are youth pastors. These are people who uh, I've even got. We even have a few listeners that don't even work in youth ministry. But what do you, what do you want to tell these people that you wish? you were told or or through a bunch of years of ministry and don't worry about censoring yourself with it because you're not going to see them face to face we're not trying to get the explicit tag though so. <laughs> right. yeah yeah i don't know um i think like what you talked about with how many kids are leaving the church after high school it's the the numbers are the same for young life you know like how many kids are walking away from their faith who maybe said yes to the Lord at camp and come home and go, yeah, God's at camp and, mm. and life's too hard and this my life's too messed up or home's too messed up for actually what I heard at camp to be true. Um, and so kids that are leaving church, leaving the faith, I think is, like I know we're all conscious of it and we're not, we're not acting like it's not critical, but it's like it's so insanely critical and so scary for me um, that I think like that has to be like our focus in new ways. Um, and I think having kids be involved in church is like one of the most critical pieces, but I don't mean like big church, little church in kids community and Sunday school. Like I think all the kids do that and then no one's going to church anymore, mm. you know, like adult church. Yeah. And so that's why I appreciate my like Lutheran upbringing so much because my brother still goes to that Lutheran church and his kids are 18 and 14 and they're one of like 20 kids in this entire church with no youth program. And they like church yeah, because they've sat in the pews their entire life, you know, mm. and they've, and the church has like welcomed them, made them a part of it. And now kids don't go to church anymore. You know, for the most part, kids go to kids church. Mm. So they've never sat in the pews. When you expect them to start going just the next year, mm. they'll go. It's boring. Yeah. You know, yeah. at my church, the kids go to kids com until they're like in high school. And then it's like, oh, now I have to go to big church. And the kids are going, can I just go help with sixth graders? Yeah. You know, or I'm just going to go dick around in Sunday school. Right. And so they don't they don't appreciate it or want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. And so I I was I've been talking about that a lot lately because I really struggle with us accepting that mm-hmm. and just having like we're like trying to be so inventive and creative and I don't know man I just really struggle with kids not being in church with adults anymore. Yeah. And it, yeah. I think it's a huge part of kids like not feeling like it's home. I keep having these. Uh, I'll get to where I'm going in a second, but. I, I always like trying to be entrepreneurial in my mind, trying like I look at a building that's like a bandit. Like we 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 love going to ladder coffee. Hans and I that's like our second office. Yep. 
and there's these like empty buildings or uh, empty lots there, and I'm always trying to figure out what could go there that would benefit this street and the, the community here. And and then I was talking to my wife about all these ideas I'm having, and my wife goes, you're so entrepreneurial. Why are you not entrepreneurial and creative in ministry? Hmm. And I was like, it's such a – like that – and I, it's just so intimidating because of the, the risk involved. It's the risk of like pushing, doing something that I think would benefit, and then it pushes a kid away, or or failing miserably is really probably the main main purpose. Is just failing and not and like so it just it it. But whereas like being entrepreneurial, the point is to make money. Whereas being entrepreneurial in the business of youth ministry is just there's an intimidation factor there because it's the end the end goal is to bring kids to jesus and it changes their trajectory and so i but i like that perspective of how can we be creative because our goals are the same to bring kids to church on sunday that it's a lifestyle of walking with god not just a you know camp high it's how do we how do we do that? And I, I think that's a really good thing to struggle through and to be risky in how how we do it. And I, I think risky may be the wrong word, but I think it's the right word at the same time because we look at it and we're like, I don't know if I want to mess with that system. But like, be okay to fail out of your devotion. Like the if the heart is to see kids have a lasting, deep relation, lasting, deep, dependent relationship on God, then. I mean, he's going to honor it, and yeah, maybe you, one person gets pushed away. Who knows? But well, I, I think what I'm hearing when when you say that is that that young life impact on your life of observing leaders living out their faith, walking through life, and and when you're when you're being transparent like that in leadership and, and mentoring somebody or discipling somebody, there's going to be really great highs and be really great lows. And I think when I hear you give that feedback on the church, I think, man, that, that's because what he's observed in his life that's caused him to carry out his faith and then, you know, give, you know, devote his life, most, if not all of his adult life, to serving in a parachurch ministry in the church and God himself and is observing other people, observing them live out their faith. And and I think it's a really, uh, I think it's a really fair critique on saying hey let's let's divide up these age groups you go to what's more sensitive to you and you go to what's more sensitive to you well then the question becomes like you said when they get to that high school level now they're asked to sit in adult church which is an interesting name in of itself have we've categorized that right what they say is well it's boring and i've never been shown how to sit through boring Mm. i've never been shown how to engage with a sermon. I've never been shown how to process hard things coming from this Bible. I've only had it really geared towards me mm-hmm. in a way that makes me go, yeah, I like that. I've never had it to go where it goes, how do I sit there and go, do I agree with that? Mm -hmm. Or how do I sit there and go, man, is he just talking to me about Mm -hmm. that? And then how do I approach him? Because in my mind now, because I'm 16, I've never watched, or I'm 12, 13 going into high school. I've never watched my parents 
go up to the pastor after and ask a question about the sermon. Totally. And so what's happened then is you don't know, well, like kids don't necessarily know how to function within the church body totally. as that. And and then what's been communicated, I think, is you graduate into being a part of this. You aren't born into this through Christ. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So so if we believe that when we're when, when when we've been reborn, like Jesus says, you know, to, to Nicodemus, and then we're reborn, re, reborn into the body of Christ, we're adopted as sons and daughters of his. If we believe that and that we're a part of a body now, well, if you accept Christ at 10, 7, 5, you're a part of that body. So how do we show that? And 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 that may not be the case for every church that decides to to separate out like that, but you are running the risk of your kids not sitting and observing you and observing, how do I sit with someone who's 60 years older than me? How do I sit with someone who walks in from the West Central neighborhood and smells different, right? Like, how do I sit and do that? And so I think that is such a great thing because I I always tell my leaders is, you're not just running a small group time and you're actually not just discipling one-on-one you're actually being observed all the time so when you just go and sit with your friends you're actually showing the kids that well that's all you have to do but when you go and you talk to adults and you talk to different generations of people they're watching you and saying actually that's how you conduct yourself in the body of Christ. So I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, that was incredible, Hans. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come hang out with us. This this was dope. He's actually our triplet, but people don't realize this. This is true. He's he's the third member of the ginger beard. You don't yes. understand, guys. What, what are our red beards, beards are red phenomenal. Beards. Yeah. Red beards. Um, the red beards of majesty. <laughs> red beards of majesty. Yes. That's, that got uh, maybe we'll really start a, another podcast. Red beards of majesty, it, but it'll be visual only, no audio. <laughs> I guess like I just want to finish with like that's not a critique on my end of the church by any means. It's like I'm yeah. at church serving at my church too, trying to right. figure it out. Right. I, yeah. just, I just think like as I'm trying to figure out how to get my kids connected right. to church, and then so many churches have a kids thing, and there's kids coming yeah. all their walks of life. It's just like I'm wrestling with it, how to do it at my own church, how to figure it out, and yep. I want kids in church way more than I want kids in young life. That's, right. I mean, that's my job, my right. livelihood, but our job is to introduce kids to Christ, help them grow yeah. in their faith. And we're just, we're just the yeah. beginning of something a lot of times. So something I'm wrestling with, something I'm excited about. Um, and, uh, right now it's been on my brain a lot lately. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for showing us your brain. We really Thanks appreciate it. Guys, this is youth pastors enjoying the rain with other youth pastors. Or actually, we're trying to endure it, but that's yeah. we're enjoying it because it was sixty degrees while it was raining. Yeah, so All the snow like gone in in four a day. Hours. That always happens. <laughs> Spokane, the snows again, and it's all gone forever. Ever, guys, this is some people's kids. Thank you guys so much for listening, Hans. Again, thank you so much for being here. You bet. And uh, we appreciate you very much. You guys are wonderful. Ian and Andrew here as always. We will see you guys next time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Some People's Kids Podcast. And we'll see you guys later. Love you, fam. Bye-bye. Talk to you all later.